You can save 15% or more at Amazon when you pay with Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv. You can set your own discount. 5% gets you fastest delivery, or you can set it to 30% or more if you're not in a hurry. Purse makes it so easy to save money at Amazon by buying with crypto. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv and start saving now. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of January 12, 2020, the podcast that's running at a different speed. This is your host, Jane Killian. Let's remonstrate the news of the bogus. As happens every year, a number of bogus DMCA takedown notices are filed pretty much everywhere, and one of the biggest receivers continues to be Torrent Freak, which covers news about file sharing and related issues but doesn't host any illegal content whatsoever. In fact, ironically, they regularly report on DMCA and other copyright abuses from entertainment companies and their anti-piracy partners, and they've been a fairly regular source used by this podcast. In previous years, they've received complaints from Amazon, Electronic Arts, Disney, Entertainment One, Vertigo Films, Magnolia Pictures, NBC Universal, Paramount, and even BBC Worldwide, to name a few, despite never having any infringing content on their website. And this past year, several more were added, including Columbia Pictures, Sony Pictures, and many others. One example was DreamWorks, who sent them a takedown notice for even mentioning a DVD screener of the movie Green Brook was the ninth most popular movie downloaded the first week of 2019. There were a couple of weird ones from the Estonian Organization for Copyright Protection, one accusing them of illegally distributing The Eternal Road because they published a top 10 list of torrent sites, and another accusing them of illegally offering copies of Five Feet Apart just because they mentioned YTS in a content tag. Sony sent them takedown requests for merely mentioning the movies Inferno and Breathe. And then there was Vertigo releasing, which sent them a takedown notice for a list of public domain movies. It's not just big content providers. An adult content creator called Little Subgirl sent them a takedown notice on an article about how Netflix was dominating internet traffic. DMCA complaints are supposed to specify works, but an incredibly broad one was sent not only to Torrent Freak, but to Facebook, Beatport, Trustpilot, Rotten Tomatoes, and many others, wrongly claiming that they were offering John Wick 3 for download. But I feel I have to point this out yet again. This was the idea from the start. This was never about legitimately preventing content creators from losing well-deserved revenue. It was to disrupt alternate channels of distribution and have a way of silencing competition. You want evidence? Okay. Filing a false DMCA claim is perjury under the law. Has there even been one prosecution for perjury against any of these people? And it will continue to be this way until the law changes, or more rationally is eliminated completely. Unfortunately, with the new laws we saw last year coming out of Europe and Australia, it doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime soon. Ads are annoying, but ad blockers prevent publishers from making money. What if you could support your favorite websites, YouTube creators, Twitch streamers, social accounts, and many more ad-free and without paying anything, and even make some money yourself? It's not a pipe dream, it's 
airtime. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and get the browser extension and you'll earn cryptocurrency for the sites you visit. And so will the publisher. This is not a crypto miner. You and the publisher will both get part of the reward from current miners of the BitTube cryptocurrency with no middleman taking a cut. Even if the publisher hasn't signed up yet, his tube will be put into a dedicated wallet that he can claim upon sign-up. You can also use your tube to tip publishers and even purchase products. Airtime monetizes users and publishers with no ads or crypto miners. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and start making money now. Say, if you're tired of the promos in this podcast, well, the patrons got it early and with no ads or promos. Just go to patreon.bogosity.tv and donate at any level. So, California apparently wants to be in the running for this year's Idiot of the Year as well, because an employee tax just went into effect in Mountain View, which basically penalizes employers for hiring more people. It was aimed at Google, who employs tens of thousands of people at their Mountain View locations. One is their headquarters known as the Googleplex, the other a complex known as the Quad. They claim, as governments always do, that this puts a strain on city infrastructure, including traffic. Funny how that never seems to be the case with things left to the market, like grocery stores or gas stations, only with things that have been forcefully monopolized by the government. Lenny Siegel, who spearheaded the initiative back in 2018 when he was mayor, said, quote, We are holding accountable the companies that are growing for paying the money to solve our problems. Because apparently creating jobs is a bad thing. The tax applies to all Mountain View businesses, from Google down to the family-owned mom and pops, and they will all be penalized for every new employee hired, and as usual, that'll hit the hardest to the mom and pops, which is probably why Google didn't put up much of a fight against it. They think they're taking it easy on small businesses by making it a smaller tax for firms with up to 50 employees, but they haven't learned the lesson of history. How much more will they have to pay to hire that 51st worker? It's this sort of thing that stops small businesses from growing and succeeding. It's also an impediment to companies looking to move into Mountain View. Siegel said, quote, You can't build a transit line based on donations. You need regular money. So over a period of years, it's actually going to generate a lot of money that we can invest in our infrastructure. But why couldn't a service survive on ticket costs? Once again, we see the government is completely incapable of actually running things efficiently or even at a profit, and not only that, but they know it ahead of time. And if nothing else, maybe they should build that before building a stadium, or build housing before they build transit. At least get out of the market's way when they try to create these things themselves. Of course, there's nothing that says they have to use this money for infrastructure like they say. It's a general purpose tax. According to Siegel, quote, You need some flexibility with an important new source of revenue like this. We have a range of things we've listed, and this will provide revenue to invest in improved infrastructure at a time when we have limited sources. An earlier head tax in Seattle backfired enormously and the tax was repealed. Meanwhile, other Bay Area cities like Cupertino, where Apple is located, Menlo Park, Sunnyvale, and Palo Alto are considering similar taxes. Only California could think it's a good thing to penalize businesses for every person they hire. You have to wonder if they're trying to destroy jobs and small businesses.
If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government sensors. It's essential in this day and age, so go to vpn.bogosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world, and they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. And some more anti-charter school bogosity for the new year in San Jose, yes, California again. Parents are appealing the forced closure of the Cornerstone Academy, a local charter school. The Academy is getting incredible marks for their performance, far more than the local government-run schools. But their continued existence has been denied by the local school district. Yes, the very people they're competing with. Gee... And why did they deny it? Because diversity. They claimed that the charter school isn't enrolling enough Latino students and didn't have any students with moderate to severe disabilities. And that their scores aren't as high either. None of that is true. The academy does enroll students with moderate to severe disabilities, which by state standards includes children with autism, deaf or blindness, intellectual disabilities, and so on. Cornerstone enrolled 40 such students last year, about 13% of whom had autism. Also, 30% of those enrolled are Latinos, the same percentage as the nearby College Connection Academy run by the district, and they're performing significantly higher on standardized tests as well. The thing is, putting in diversity quotas undermines the entire lottery system that charters run on, which equalize every student's chances of getting in without regards to race or anything else. The percentage of Latino students enrolled more or less matches the percentage that applied to begin with. Parents are hoping the county overrules the decision. That includes parents of disabled students like Ang Dao Tron, who attributes Cornerstone's educational model and his teachers as critical to her son's success and ability to overcome problems caused by his Tourette's. Give the state a little competition, and the competition performs better, and the state moves in to shut them down, telling every lie they can in the process. Get woke, people. See the injustice in the very system you're looking to for a solution. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. 
LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. And now it's time to deflagrate this week's biggest bogan emitter. And this week it goes to just about every environmental activist in the world for the bogus fear-mongering about Australia's wildfires claiming that they're caused by global warming. In particular, Russell Crowe, Kate Blanchett, and Greta Thunberg have all blamed global warming and say the only solution to the problem is renewable energy. The argument is that global warming reduces rainfall, making forests drier, and when lightning strikes it goes up like kindling. Aside from the fact that global warming doesn't work that way, the fact is that 87% of the fires are caused by human beings. In fact, very few if any of the fires currently being fought were caused by lightning. An analysis of over 113,000 fires over a 12-year period found that 40% of fires are due to arson, another 47% set by accident, and the same thing is true of the current season. It follows the trend of previous seasons. About half are children, half are elderly, and the deliberate arsonists tend to be between 30 and 60. 90% are male. As of last month, 183 people have been arrested for deliberately setting fires. It's summer now in Australia, and they tend to have hot, dry summers. But although the trend since 1960 has been for the summer heat to be rising, it's actually below what it was for most of the 20th century. It's been rising because 1966 was a historical low. And although this season's rainfall is down, overall since 1960 and overall since 1900, the average rainfall has been going up. They're also going out of their way to exaggerate the scale of the fires. Particular brickbats should go to ABC when they superimposed Australia over a map of the U.S. with the fire areas shaded in red. The visualization implied that the area burning was equivalent to 25% of the land area of the U.S. It's the height of bogosity when all you need to debunk ABC's map is ABC's reporting. It sounds bad when you say 12.35 million acres like ABC did, but 20,000 square miles doesn't sound as bad. About three quarters the size of Lake Victoria, even less so. Other misleading pictures are being passed around. One artist's visualization of fire data covering a period of a month was passed around Twitter, including by celebrities like Rihanna, as a satellite photo showing the live extent of the fires. Another was a map of the fires indicated by flame icons, but the size of the icons were much bigger than the fires they represent, and include not just fires, but any heat source hotter than its surroundings, which could be gas flares, furnaces, or even reflective surfaces like industrial roofs. That's according to the Australian government's own website where the picture originates. And not just ABC's map, but other maps overlaid on the US and Europe are misleading because they aren't using the same map projections and the size of Australia is exaggerated and many of its features disproportionate. 
The real reason these fires are getting so bad is that Australia has been severely restricting the controlled burning that can keep fires from becoming this severe. Like we see all over the world, government badly mismanages its forests. But Australia doesn't even let people manage their own. In many parts of Australia, thanks to environmental lobbying, people can't even cut down their own trees to make a fire break, let alone set control fires. Activists complain that the burns kill wildlife, especially baby birds, while apparently being ignorant that regular fires are part of a healthy forest. Small fires that clear out the dry underbrush prevent the hot megafires we're seeing today. Regular fires also return many nutrients to forest soil. In fact, many species of trees require regular fires to germinate their seeds. And there are even a lot of species of birds, such as some types of woodpeckers, that do very well after a forest fire. According to former Deputy Prime Minister Barnaby Joyce, quote, We haven't had the capacity to easily access hazard reduction burns because of all of the paperwork that is part of green policy. We don't have access to dams because they've been decommissioned on national parks because of green policy. We have trees that have fallen over vehicles and blocked roads, so people cannot either get access to find a fire or to get away from fires, and we can't knock over the trees because of Green's policy. Current Deputy Prime Minister Michael McCormick said the environmental activists were, quote, disgraceful, disgusting, because they linked the fires to global warming. Not only are the environmental activists wrong when they blame global warming, they're actually the reason these fires are so out of control, not only in Australia, but in the U.S. as well. So who else could possibly be this week's biggest bogan emitter? Do you have children or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttletwins and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary age children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain or regulations passed in the name of safety and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. And now let's anathematize this week's Idiot And this week it goes to another anti-math politician, Lindsey Graham this time, and yes, he's still insisting that Apple and Facebook find a way to backdoor encryption so government can spy on our communications. At a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing last month, representatives from Apple and Facebook were trying to explain why this is a terrible idea. Facebook had penned a response to A.G. Barr, and we've talked about him in the past, saying, quote, The backdoor access you are demanding for law enforcement would be a gift to criminals, hackers, and repressive regimes, creating a way for them to enter our systems and leaving every person on our platforms more vulnerable to real-life harm. People's private messages would be less secure, and the real winners would be anyone seeking to take advantage of that weakened security. That is not something we are prepared to do. 
So Graham told them, direct quote, You're going to find a way to do this or we're going to do this for you. We're not going to live in a world where a bunch of child abusers have a safe haven to practice their craft. Period. End of discussion. You know, when he said we're going to do this for you, I somehow don't think he meant he'd go on to GitHub, write some code, and do a pull request. Gotta love the attitude of authoritarians. It's not only the incredible narcissism, it's the way they'll resort to direct threats to get their way. Normally, people in government try to disguise it. I guess Graham was tired of doing that. Facebook owns WhatsApp, which is an application that uses the secure signal protocol for end-to-end encryption. Facebook also owns Facebook Messenger and Instagram, and wants to tie all of those together into one secure infrastructure, not only allowing for secure communication, but also for cross-communication across all three apps. Facebook has told them all about the consensus of cybersecurity experts that weakening any part of an encrypted system means that it's weakened for anyone anywhere. It's just not possible to create a backdoor that works for law enforcement, but nobody else. Of course, Graham brought up child abusers as the excuse. One could be forgiven for being disturbed at how much this seems to be at the forefront of their thoughts. But the fact of the matter is, this is no kind of argument at all. The thing to understand is that end-to-end encryption does not encrypt things at either end. It just encrypts everything in between so that no third party can access it. Facebook, Google, Dropbox, Microsoft, and many others perform all sorts of scanning on images to identify content known as CSAI, which is what Graham is talking about. This can be done at the sending or receiving end, so the issue of end-to-end encryption is irrelevant. Why is that such a problem for power-hungry egomaniacs like Graham? Because these systems only support CSAI. They don't report anything else that we're up to. And that is what people like Graham have such a problem with, that make them completely lose it and yell at the professionals trying to school them, trying to counter math with threats. Protecting children is, as it always is, just an excuse. They can't stand the thought of giving up even an iota of power over us, and Graham just made that as clear as it could possibly be. Which is what makes Senator Lindsey Graham this week's... Idiot Well, that wraps up this No More Nodding edition of the Bogosity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please keep this podcast going by hitting like and subscribe and supporting in one of several different ways you can find at donate.bogosity.tv, including PayPal, cryptocurrency, or subscribing at Patreon or Subscribestar to listen early and ad-free. Also, please come to discord.bogosity.tv where you can join the discussion and post a question, statement, news article, or rant. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from Frank Herbert. Power bases are very dangerous because they attract people who are truly insane. People who seek power only for the sake of power. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. Christmas time is coming, and the most classic of Christmas stories is A Christmas Carol. But how much do you know about the original Charles Dickens novella? 
Have you dismissed it as a children's book with one-dimensional characters amounting to nothing but platitudes and cliches? Maybe your appreciation of the book was even muted by those dry, boring, annotated books they made you read in school. My book, the sarcastically annotated A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, uses both facts and humor to present the book in a way you probably haven't seen it before. Giving praise when deserved and beratement when warranted, this book is put in the perspective of its time and shows a dimensional, multi-layered Ebenezer Scrooge from start to finish. Skepticism, history, and even economics are employed to show the book in relation to today in an easily accessible format. Appreciate the Christmas of your youth all over again. Get the sarcastically annotated A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, available at Amazon and on PDF as well.